0: Before we begin, please note that none of the information in this episode constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by Galaxy Digital or its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Hello and welcome to episode four of Future Proof, Digital Assets for the Modern Financial Advisor. As always, we are brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein. I'm with Financial Advisor IQ. And my guests today are Steve Kurtz and Paul Capelli of Galaxy Digital. Steve is Galaxy's Head of Asset Management. And Paul is Galaxy's Fund Management Portfolio Manager. Double Galaxy today. Well, welcome, gentlemen.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Jonathan. How are you? Thank
0: you. Doing well. Today, we are going beyond Bitcoin. Through our first three episodes, uh, which are still available to catch up on, we've kept our focus on Bitcoin. Uh, it is the first and it's the largest cryptocurrency, so so that makes some sense. But it's not the only one. There are thousands of altcoins, and more than a dozen of them top one billion dollars in market cap. We can't talk about them all today, but we're going to learn about some of the most important and why they should matter to you, the financial advisor. So not wasting any more time. We've got 20 minutes on the clock. Let's get started. My first question uh, is going to go to Steve. um, And Paul, please jump on in right afterwards. Uh, Let's start off by taking a step back. Bitcoin is only 11 years old. um, And so many more cryptocurrencies have, have launched in that time. So why are there so many copycats? And and, and are they even that? How, how did we get here so that advisors can begin to understand all of this?
1: You know, it, it's a great question. Um, if, if you start with Bitcoin and its, its creation 11 years ago, uh, there were a number of um, con- computer science innovations and really Nobel Prize worthy concepts from that first white paper. And I think as uh, the world woke up to bitcoin they also woke up to some of those concepts and those technological uses and so of that uh, open source uh, interesting palette uh, obviously this decentralized you know you know new space brought in a lot of tech talent and people played around and, and created new coins and really we saw that that mania happen first in 2017 where uh, you had this token craze, this crypto craze, and anything could be a cryptocurrency. Um, of course, with anything like that, uh, it got ahead of its skis and um, many of those, you say thousands, uh, have gone away today in 2020 looking back on it and, and won't come back. And, and that's that's a good thing because what what's left uh, in terms of the, the, the coins that did survive, the digital assets that did survive, um, is a much more thoughtful and robust Um, series of not only use cases, but also subcategories of of digital assets. And so, you know, at the highest level, digital assets means a lot to a lot of different people. And and really, altcoins are just everything outside of Bitcoin. So we're not speaking in crypto speak. It's just everything else that's out there that's not Bitcoin. Um, And in the same way that people didn't understand all the future applications of the Internet in the early 2000s, uh, I think digital assets and blockchains aren't fully understood today. And so, you know, you, you have this question from FAs and from clients saying, what is what is there outside of Bitcoin? And in terms of breaking it down at a high level, I think at Galaxy, that's why, and Paul and I were very involved in this in 2018, that's why we built uh, an index with Bloomberg. So if you look on, on any terminal, it's the Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto Index. And our mission at that time, a couple of years ago, coming out of 2017, was to define what what we consider to be the blue chip portion of the asset class. And and once you define that, you can subcategorize and start to to really break down the different use cases, why they matter, what their valuation frameworks are, and make it a a little more simple for people. So what we want to talk about today categorically are really the three components of altcoins today um, that not only make up this Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto Index, but are also really where the center of gravity is in terms of. Uh, you know, t- tech opportunity, market cap, that kind of thing. Specifically, that's payments, that's Web 3.0, and that's store of value. So we would start there with those three categories.
2: You know, see, just to also add to that, um, I think it's important that, you know, we want to make sure that people are fo- focusing on large cap liquidity, because that's really where the base of the asset class lies.
0: All right. Well, Paul, let's, uh, let's get into it a little bit and run through some of the uh, biggest, the most popular altcoins, uh, and, and maybe you can give us... A little bit of the lowdown on each of them. Uh, we're going to try to do this uh, in, in a bit of a rapid fire sort of way, but but let's start off with Ethereum. It's uh, I, I believe it's the uh, the second largest after Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you know, Ethereum was really the the asset that came along and and you know made this an asset class um, back when it really started trading heavily in 2016. And what we've really seen is it become the basis for web. 3.0, where it's become a lot of the testing ground where people are building kind of that back of the television technology. And we're seeing things like smart contracts and decentralized finance and and other applications um, really begin to test the waters um, to have this kind of decentralized uh, you know, backing of technology, which really is the you know, kind of the next wave of, of tech after uh, Bitcoin. All right, XRP. You know, XRP really is right now the kind of clear-cut, you know, payments and uh, you know remit remittance coin. Um, it's it certainly you know bridged institutions and you know started to has a strong following from a from a tech perspective. And you know, I think when you look at the payment space, that's just large um, globally, whether that's you know in the traditional markets or in um, you know digital assets, right? So. You know, XRP is going to certainly, uh, you know, be something that continues to try to define itself to try to win uh, that that area and that space.
0: All right. Uh, next one, Bitcoin Cash.
2: Yeah. So Bitcoin Cash was, you know, one of the uh, first, uh, you know, forks um, along with uh, Litecoin. And what a fork is really is just a, uh, you know, developers wanting a change in the code to kind of, you know, do something a little bit differently. And when you look at, um, you know, kind of what Bitcoin Cash is, it's really uh, an offshoot of Bitcoin from a developer standpoint that really focuses on uh, producing uh, speed, right? So it focuses on that speed needed. Bitcoin's a little bit old and clunky, like digital gold. And this is more, again, focused in the payment area, um, you know, decentralized and really looking kind of to get a use case um, globally, especially in uh, places like you know, Asia and, and other areas that really need that payment focus from a decentralized standpoint.
0: All right. And you mentioned Litecoin. So so how's Litecoin different from Bitcoin?
2: Yeah, Litecoin is very interesting, right? Because it was, you know, thought to be lighter than Bitcoin, right? It's thought to have a, you know, a community that was really focused on speed and payments and, you know, other things. And now you look at it and and the technology really has become a you know, a little bit of a pre-testing ground for what you see usually later on uh, in Bitcoin or what gets built on top of that blockchain. Um, you know, it, it has an interesting uh, following. And I think, again, the use case there could really become around um, payments um, in that area or kind of, a, 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 you know, seeing really what the uh, newer stages of Bitcoin could be on a smaller stage um, as that technology begins to get tested.
0: Gotcha. And our and our last one, uh, EOS.
2: EOS. EOS um was developed by a, a company called uh, Block One, which is very big in the in the digital asset space. Um it, it is decentralized, the tech is open source, and it's really become a you know, an Ethereum, right? Or thought to be an Ethereum or a competitor to Ethereum, but really based on speed, right? So it focuses on applications around gaming and places where you really need that, you know, high tech function.
0: Your index fund diversifies across digital assets. What are you currently invested in? Are, are all of these that you just described, um, are they all investment assets or, or do you treat them differently than
2: that? I think what's important is to really look at what the index is trying to capture, right? This is a new space uh, with new technology and you know, over time, you're going to see, um, you know, a breadth of winners, and you're going to see a lot of losers as well. Uh, the index started off with 10, a- 10 assets. Um, Obviously, we've had some reconstitutions, right? So we're down to the assets we just um, mentioned, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, EOS, uh, Litecoin, XRP. Um, those are really the large cap kind of blue chip names where the, where the liquidity um, lies uh, for the asset class. And I think over time, what you'll see is you'll see um, some assets leave, and you'll see some assets come in, and it'll really start to, you know, capture really where um, the important parts of the space are. Right now, it really is with, um, you know, Bitcoin. Um, it's in, uh, you know, kind of uh, that Web 3.0. Um, it's in uh, payments uh, and, and things of that nature, right? And I think what you'll see is over time, as new categories develop um, and gain popularity and become part of that blue chip portion of the asset class. Um, you'll see development uh, in the index, right? It's really, really easy to maybe, um, you know, capture a winner maybe at some point, but it's really hard to capture the timing of that winner. And that's really what the index is trying to do. Give you that broad exposure as the asset class grows.
0: Gotcha. And Steve, I want to bring you back into the conversation. Um, For FAs, I'm trying to build an analogy, or I'd like you to build an analogy to to help them understand and relate this space to um to assets that they may be more familiar with. take take it from there. are, 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 are they are they are these different
1: versions of the same thing? Well, it's, the answer is sort of uh, yes and no. Um, the the, the high-level analogy is, is the internet in the early 2000s that I mentioned earlier in the sense that we know there are some areas that are going to play out as good uses, and, and those that we know of are, for instance, payments and Web 3.0 and store of value, like I said. And then we also know that there are things we don't know that will have value and will be new categories because this is innovation and there are, there are use cases that we haven't thought of. And so I, what, the reason we use that three bucket framework, you can really have analogies at each of those uh, levels. And and on some level, uh, you know, there are competitors. You asked Paul a few different, uh, you know, coins. Ethereum and EOS are competitors in the Web 3.0 space. Uh, you know, there are there are store of value competitors. There are Web 3.0 competitors. I, I don't think they're different versions of the same thing. So if, if you go category by category of those subcomponents and you um you think of the analogies, right? If we started with store of value, uh, obviously we've talked about Bitcoin in the past. Bitcoin is digital gold, uh, but the reason it exists is because it can do things that gold can't. So it's a digital version of that and it can improve on the use case of gold. So taking that, that sort of thinking through to the other two categories, if you look at something like Web 3.0, uh, and, and Paul said the better back of the TV, all that really means is the future internet is going to be uh, more weighted towards you owning your own data and a blockchain system behind that internet, which is much more secure. We saw Twitter as a centralized uh, system just get hacked. We saw Equifax get hacked. You see all of these problems with centralized systems. uh, This is just a solution to that problem. And some of these uh, blockchains like EOS or Ethereum that we've alluded to, which are are altcoins, um, are just solving that problem. So it's a better version of the internet is the way that you would think about Web 3.0. If you move to payments, um, you look at something like cross-currency remittances, and you see, uh, you know, some of the big brick-and-mortar shops not only taking weeks uh, to to make those payments happen, but you also see massive, uh, you know, uh, price gouging on that. Seven, ten plus percent of people just trying to send money back home that they've worked hard to earn. Something like XRP or Ripple. Um, or, or Facebook Libra project could much much better and more cheaply and more quickly do that. So I, I think the analogies are actually more just evolutions of digital versions of things that happen in the world. And that's why we know these three categories today, because we already have something to anchor to in the real world in each of those categories. And then there's all the other ways that this is going to get used that we couldn't possibly imagine in the same way that we couldn't imagine the iPhone coming out uh, you know, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and completely revolutionizing uh, everything from from the internet's perspective. Steve,
0: I've I've one analogy for you um, that comes to my mind: VHS or Beta. Um, is this a situation where one is going to, you know, in specifically say the Web 3.0 space, is one going to win out? Is there a risk of of backing the mm-hmm. wrong horse, or is it not quite that?
1: Um, it, it's it's a little too soon to tell. Which is not a a satisfying answer, but on some level, the the, the tech innovation—you know—if you asked me this a year ago, I would say some of the most exciting work that's being done out there is on a blockchain of blockchains. So you could take the best, most specific, bottom-up computer science of every blockchain and then have them all talk to each other through some centralized blockchain. So you got the benefits of everything coming into one uh, common language. Uh, The the reality is, you probably do have—I mean, these are networks, right—and in the same way the internet landed on certain protocols, TCPIP, as an example, you probably do have some base layer that, that broadly wins out. But then there are other there are other things to consider. Uh, will there be a, an AML KYC validated blockchain that wins out for Western nations that have more restrictive regimes? Will there be a stable coin oriented blockchain solution that's global that wins out e- even within you know your your point. There are subcategories where you may have, um, you know, n- new ways of thinking about winning, and and really those are all the back end to, to Paul's point. And so the answer is again yes and no at the same time. Uh, people think you know Ethereum has a leg up the same way they think Bitcoin has a leg up in store value. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting year or two uh, from here because uh, you know we're, we're we're well into the tech builds here. And, uh, you know, you're starting to see um, some some sort of orientation around uh, a few of these that are starting to pull away from the rest of the herd.
0: Got it. All right. Let's bring this back to the financial advisors in our audience. Paul, in our previous Future Proof discussions, uh, we talked about how investors might want to consider putting one, two percent of their assets into Bitcoin. So. When it comes to altcoins, are are we would investments there be in addition to that? Um, is, is it in place of that? Uh, how do you look at how do you look
2: at that? Well, I, I think when you look at your portfolio, you really have to decide. You know what you want um, out of uh, your return profile, right? I, I think when we talk about it at Galaxy, right, we tell people you know one to two percent of your assets um, should be allocated to the digital space, right? Um, you know, Bitcoin obviously has a lot of deflationary uh, attributes to it, right, um, it kind of serves uh, alongside gold, right, as a, as a hedge in your portfolio, um, you know, an index uh, that has altcoins or maybe owning some altcoins, right, is a little bit more speculative, right, so you might want to have a little bit of a smaller, um, you know, allocation there, but at the same time, you also want to look at the fact that there's going to be growth in that part of the space right? Um, there's some real projects going on, right? They, they they're, they're have a longer track record um, as time passes, um, and I think we've seen kind of how they're going to evolve um, in the near term. So you do want to have an allocation. Um, I think there's always some trepidation when you take uh, idiosyncratic risk on some some kind of new technology or, or new investments, right? So, so we really have followed the uh, you know, premise of taking uh, broad-based exposure, right? Um, you know, having an index type product um, allows you to kind of make that a cornerstone of your investment while also not having to worry about managing uh, the, you know, individual constituents on a day-to-day basis.
1: I, I would just build on that point a, a little bit, which is that when we talk to FAs, one of the first questions on behalf of the clients is, how do we invest in a basket? And, and again, to take it back to the early 2000s in the internet, are you, are you betting just on Amazon, i.e. Bitcoin, or are you betting on Amazon, uh, Apple, you know, and, and others that are, that are, you know, Facebook, et cetera, uh, as they come out to the market? And, and I think uh, Paul's point is right on, if you're interested in the space, and if you sort of say, look, there's a there there, but it's a little opaque, we're not sure how to define it. Number one, what we always say is size it the right way, um, certainly, Bitcoin's in a pole position, but Bitcoin may not win the store of value category, let alone be where value accrues across the entire digital asset space. We just don't know yet. We we have views, uh, but one of the benefits of owning a diversified portfolio of altcoins in an index is that you uh, you get some Bitcoin in an index like that, but you also get some Web 3.0, you also get some payments, and you get anything else that's new that comes to the market. If there's if there's a Bitcoin killer, you know that would that would come into an index like that, and I think you know from from an f a perspective there's a lot of comfort that comes from that approach um, particularly with something new as paul says and and that sort of tech forward and and still not fully understood
0: so talking about risk um, the uh altcoins you know so, some of them have not been around for very long um, when a an advisor is thinking about altcoins you know not in terms of a basket but in terms of an in, a, an individual investment. How should they be thinking about that risk? You know, what what are there? Is there a relationship between you know level of adoption and its general security? How, how how can they evaluate?
1: I think I think we should really be clear about the fact that the institutional infrastructure and even the products that could access altcoins are different than Bitcoin. In other words, when you start with Um, Fidelity and ICE as Bitcoin custody providers, both of those companies have not yet gone outside of Bitcoin to other coins. And so as an advisor, you need to be aware of the fact that the the infrastructure is coming to those other places, but it's not fully there yet. Um, Some of the products that are are attempting to give exposure to those altcoins um, are not particularly robust. And so you need to study the product that you're looking at. You know, the point here is not to To scare people away from that it's just like anything else when you move down when you go from gold to silver or from silver to copper and you want to understand how that fits either as an industrial metal or as a precious metal from an investment perspective the etf liquidity on those other metals is obviously lower than gold and so what does that mean it means you should be that much more careful about who you invest with you should you should size it the right way you should make sure that you understand how it fits so there's just more work to be done I think it's the other reason that you do want to go with an index as opposed to single asset vehicles, Um, single asset vehicle for Bitcoin makes sense, just like gold does. Uh, I'm not sure that you would necessarily say the same for any single coin, because there are use cases, but there's no clear winners yet in those use cases. And the size of their market cap is smaller than Bitcoin, certainly smaller than traditional world asset classes. And so from that perspective, we come back to that diversified approach if people really want their clients really want to do it, keep it small, you know, t- take a tiny position, learn about it and build into it. And then keep your eye on the institutional infrastructure build. And, and, and it'll happen, it'll happen in a year or two years, but it's not quite there today.
0: Got it. Paul, we're gonna to go to you with the final question. We've covered a lot of ground um, or as much as we can in, in a short period of time. Um, for the FAs in our audience, they want to take care of their clients, What do they need to know about altcoins and where can they go? Where do you recommend they go for further information?
2: When you look at altcoins, you have to understand that they're just another feature of the way the world is becoming digitized. And there's a lot of uh, products out there that are available. Um, You're going to hear a lot from other providers. But I think it's important to focus on the fact that you are investing in Early stage technology that's going to advance over time. So, what you would want to do is really look um, at your portfolio and see what kind of exposures you would want for your clients who have the risk tolerance to invest um, in this asset class. Additionally, what you'd want to do is look at the providers, right? What kind of custody do they have? Um, What kind of audit do they have? What kind of tax documents do they have? Um, Who is there? index provider right we feel the best way to um, do that is through you know broad based exposure um you know galaxy offers a product um, that we've partnered with bloomberg on that we believe um, offers investors um, exposure to the blue chip portion of the asset class right that's where the value is that is where uh, the liquidity lies and we think that over time that's where it will consolidate um before broadening out um so if you're an FA or you're just an investor in this asset class, I think what you would want to do is really just, you know, think about um, your portfolio um, in terms of digital assets the same way you look at it in terms of other assets, right? Where you may invest in the S&P 500 or, you know, a high yield fund um, giving you broad-based exposure. Uh, this way, you can have some idiosyncratic risk maybe through Bitcoin or another asset, but really also have a basket um, and be part of the
1: movement as altcoins evolve over time.
0: Steve, what are your thoughts? You
1: know, Paul made a great point about this being tied to the increased digitization of the world. And I think in terms of how FAs and clients might approach this, instead of saying why altcoins, I think you might want to flip it and and really say, um, what are the changes in the world that are going to be innovated Uh, through digitization uh, with this blockchain and digital asset technology, and specifically the questions I would be asking, why is centralized security a problem? Why is social media um, viewed so negatively? Why do Equifax and Twitter get hacked with ease? And what are the solutions to that? And what are the risks of that in the portfolio? Why is blockchain technology and a digitized Remnibi a top priority for the Chinese government in terms of where money is going? Um, why are payment operators now making 36% of the revenue of big banks? These are all really important questions that go far beyond any exposure to altcoins. Altcoins are a piece of the potential solution to, the, to those problems and questions.
0: Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Paul. Gentlemen, we're out of time, but thank you so much for walking us through all of this information today. Um, I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as much as I do. Um, we will be back in two weeks. Steve will be with us as we take an episode to focus in on your questions. So listeners, if you have one for us, send it in to webcasts at financialadvisoriq.com, all spelled out. This podcast is a production of Financial Advisor IQ, a service of the Financial Times, and is brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein, and I produced and edited this podcast. Our music is written and performed by Oliver Mack. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and have a great day.